1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon,
0: and I'm Father Travis Crowdy, and we are coming to you from the Chancery Office in Sioux City. Right. I'm looking on the wall behind you, Father Shane, is San Paolo Apostolo, <laughs> Saint Paul the Apostle.
1: Excellent translation, yeah, Father. That's kind of nice. Good job. Tapestry
0: for his feast day on coming up soon. Very
1: soon. Yeah. Very soon. It's great. Well, by the time our listeners listen to this, they've already had in posado
0: festival of the conversion of saint paul
1: that's right but we can always celebrate paul's conversion that's a great in our ongoing conversion absolutely
0: yeah what an outcast you know
1: yeah talk about (laughs) an outcast someone who felt like down with the christians wait i want to be a christian
0: (laughs) that's our guy yeah Paulo (laughs) apostle
1: grace breaks in and does big things anywho (laughs) anywho what you been up to well, I was in your former stomping grounds. I was down in St. Louis recently. STL.
0: Did I ever tell you about Hustle City? No. Um, a friend was in a Target, and the cashier had a tattoo on his arm, and the friend commented, nice nice tattoo. He said, what's it mean? It just said hustle. And he said, you can't spell hustle without STL, Hustle City. Oh. <laughs> so that's, not, that's how you think of St. Louis St. Louis now. is the Hustle City, <laughs> of course, yeah.
1: All right, but yeah, where some think of ones? it as the Great Arch, yeah. you know. Some the of
0: the it. Rome of the West, as some have called it. Right,
1: some think of it as you know the Ted Drews Capital of Frozen Custard. Absolutely, we didn't get to go there because it was closed, and Ted Drews is closed all January.
0: That's sad, but they sell Christmas trees during their closure during Christmas time. I didn't know that. they do. Uh, Ted mm-hmm. Drews is incredible custard place in St. Louis. If you've never been, also St. Louis has toasted raviolis. Yes, and they're very
1: proud of Which that. Which
0: are wonderful.
1: They're very proud of that. More yes. or less
0: a pizza roll. Yeah, Do not I'm, tell them
1: that. Well, I know that, and I, You're I just, just I don't want to go to a restaurant and order basically like little pizza rolls that you I could get, get in get the like, frozen foods you get aisle. Like four of them, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: There is a spectrum, though, when you've been in St. Louis long enough, of the frozen ones that people get for like the Super Bowl, right? And like the you know high end ones on oh. the hill in the Italian. Ooh neighborhood
1: yeah wow so classy that's right (laughs) (laughs) breaded ravioli and deep fry them (laughs) throw a bunch of marinara on it and that's so
0: classy st louis that's midwest
1: dining but it was good to be in st louis i was at the um white house retreat center the jesuit run Mm -hmm. retreat center south of the city which i had never been to before and was leading the retreat for the collegian and pre theology of my students yes of kenrick glennon seminary and we had a good time that's great beautiful weather good prayer They were um, very inspiring. I don't think I drove them away from the seminary.
0: I have heard, though, and this is kind of an accusation of myself, but (laughs) seminarians can be hard to preach to sometimes because we just kind of have, like, deadpan faces when we stare back.
1: Well, they're just so holy. Right, right. I mean, they're on the verge of levitating. All the
0: time, in (laughs) fact, yeah, right.
1: Yeah, well, that's so, good. you know, you have to use a little hyperbole, throw in a few stories some, of the priesthood. Some, some spicy jokes to you got to get, gotta get ooh, them spiced wow. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold their attention. Well, that's great. But, of course, when they're on a silent retreat and they can't talk, they're a little more apt to engage no, that's right. the you're, conference because yeah, it's the only thing they're going to hear no, all day. Right. And it's
0: like the only chance you get to, like, laugh and kind of right. look around at guys and make, you know. Right. Make some faces and stuff. That's right.
1: Right. Well, I did try and keep it lighthearted for them. At, at times it was serious, but try and spice it up with some jokes as well. One of the things that I noticed and I said to them is in the middle of the week, it was probably about 50 degrees. It was gorgeous for January, you know, in Missouri. And um, I went for a walk after I was done with all my spiritual directees. And as I was walking outside of the property, immediately outside of the retreat center on the main road, are these ditches along the, the street. And in the ditches, I see all of these little vodka bottles, Shmirnav vodka bottles everywhere. Oh, And there were several more 99 bananas, little fruity liqueur bottles. Okay. They're everywhere. Wow. Like dozens. <laughs> and so okay. I said to the men, guys, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know my talk sucks so bad. You yeah, know what? They
0: had to just go. They were running out in the night and <laughs> having
1: these little roadside soirees. Poor freshmen of Lenin getting addicted to 99 bananas. That's so we fun. keep it lighthearted, really but then funny, we dive yeah. in. And we were doing the uh, luminous mysteries of the rosary oh, as our focal point.
0: That's great. Yeah. I'm glad that that was something to bring them out of that you know ditch that they were hanging yeah, out it's in. That's so dark. When I was on that similar retreat, uh, a different place in St. Louis, it was on the Illinois side. Um, our Lady of the Snows, it was called. They they had just built sadly, and we never went when you came. That that Hoffbrow House, but I think it's actually closed. Oh, since but anyways, the Hoffbrow Brewery was sure. being built, and they were actually like hiring people, but it was right across the street from the, the um, retreat center. And the director said something like, don't even think about it. It's not okay. open yet. Okay.
1: <laughs> you may not go to the yeah. Hopper House when on silent retreat. That's right. Well, it was good to be in St. Louis, that and it's good to be back in Iowa.
0: Good to have you. What, what are we chatting about?
1: Father Travis, I have noticed among young people who struggle with their faith. The youth? The youth using that broad definition of, like, the the Vatican definition of youth from, like, <laughs> yeah. 12 to, like, 35, <laughs> to you know. Even older sometimes. Just, like, this huge, expansive uh, category of yeah. the Hubenil. youth. Joveny. Um, the youth, I have noticed, sometimes really struggle with their faith. Mm. And in conversations with many Literally of them—
0: the understatement of the year right there. Right. I mean, that's true. Right.
1: But in, in private conversations, some of them will say to me— um, you know, Father Shane, there's this Bible, and I don't know if I believe all the stories. And, like, my mom and my dad and my grandparents, they tell me all these things about going to church and all these things that are so important in faith, and mm-hmm. I just don't know that I believe. And I know it's very trendy for some of them to say, well, I must be an agnostic. You know, I, I've kind of, Christianity is... I can't know. Right. Christianity's passe, and in my sophistication, I've kind of moved beyond that. Oh, Yeah. And we're picking up from some of the themes in our last episode here of the Bible kind of not being a credible source of human testimony of the past. But for many of them, I think they look at uh, scriptures um, or they look at stories of testimony from contemporary believers, and they just say, "Mm, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know that I can really engage that. And they struggle. And... I think many of them think that their only alternative is to to declare themselves an agnostic. Mm -hmm. Either I can't know, or there is a God, but He's not really knowable. You know, He's kind of out there, but hasn't revealed Himself or isn't interested in human affairs. But I think they're missing an alternative. Mm -hmm. I think I think they're missing um, the reality that no, you're not an agnostic. You're searching and you just haven't had perhaps a, a living and deep encounter with the true God. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I, I just don't think they have found um, the rootedness that they would like in their hearts, right. the rootedness that they see in their parents and grandparents, you know, because I don't think they're willing to say bishops, priests, deacons, and nuns are all crazy and chasing after the tooth fairy. Right. I don't think they're willing to completely throw out the Bible and burn it in a bonfire. I don't think they're uh, completely ready to throw out all Christian testimony of history. I think they're just searching. And since they haven't found their own rootedness yet, there is a real danger to simply just give up the search and say, oh, I'm agnostic, there is no God. He hasn't found me yet, I haven't found him yet, so I'm moving on. Hmm. And yet, to keep going, and to keep the search and the quest going to say, no, there, there is, I believe in the credibility of other people, that there is a living God out there, and I want to go encounter him deeply myself. Mm. There's um they're right there on the edge, so many of them. Mm. And I, I think they give up the journey, or they quit, you know.
0: So do you think that we've, because we see so many young people struggling with their faith now, do you think it's an experience of young people today sort of giving up the fight and the search, or maybe both, or of Christians not giving a credible witness or or maybe us in the church not giving, like, the opportunities for experiencing God?
1: Well, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. Not to sound like the cliche typical Catholic, both and. Yeah. Everything is a both and. Right, right. But I think in this case it is. Yeah. Um, I think some who have gotten overly comfortable, you know, everything has to come so easily to me. Mm-hmm. I can't possibly reach more than five feet from my, from my living room couch for a snack or a beverage at all moment or the remote control or my next Netflix episode. You know, mm-hmm. I think we've gotten so comfortable that the, the actual quest to discover the living God, which is actually a quest to let the living God enter into your heart, right. and he seeks you constantly to draw you to himself, it's not so much that you have to go like find the end of the rainbow and seek the pot of gold and there you'll find God. Mm-hmm. It's very little of what we're actually searching for. Much more of just letting God's penetrating heart into our lives. Right. So I think it's that, that they're giving up. But also, if they haven't had a credible witness, mm. if they haven't been evangelized, or if their catechesis has just been weak, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, then it's going to be like, well, what's the point? Why keep the search going if I'm just, like, surrounded by a bunch of bozos? You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I did, it's interesting because I see myself and my peers— when you get excited about something, maybe it's like a hobby or something you're studying in school that you're passionate about. Oh, yeah, you'll like put all the intentionality in the world into like studying that or getting into that, whatever the hobby might be. Or if it's like you're a tech person, you're like constantly on the cutting edge of the new things that are coming out. And you're investing tons of time into this and you're constantly sort of searching for like, okay, what's the next best thing? Or if you're into cooking, like finding new recipes, trying new techniques, like constantly learning and growing and it seems like a lot of my peers they they have that in a lot of aspects of their life. They want to be really good young parents. They want to do this well, do this well. But it seems like the faith is just one of those things that they just kind of stopped, maybe trying mm-hmm. uh, in that same in that same way, putting the intentionality there. But like you said, it, it's God's initiative that we're open to.
1: And and I'm not saying this is you know foolproof, but there also might just be something to saying. A lot of young people just don't try when it comes to relationships in general. Yeah, I mean, you that's- know, God isn't equ- is not an equation to be discovered. He's a person to be encountered right. and loved, right? And so if oh, I don't, I'm not going to go check on the neighbors. They're elderly, but who who needs to go spend time with them? I'm not going to, you know. Drive, you know, to the next nearby city and visit my cousins. I don't have time for that. I'm busy. Netflix oh, yeah. has got a new series on, you there's know. That,
0: there's that meme that said the real miracle Jesus performed was having 12 friends in his early 30s. Right. Have you seen that before? <laughs> no, I haven't, yeah. but that's true. That true? That's true. Because I, I, I,
1: I think there's a lot of people who have been so reliant upon social media. Right. That they think that, oh, I've, I'm so connected. I've got so many friends and followers. Really? Are they confidence? Are they intimate relations? Are these people that you can share your heart and let your heart be
0: known, and you can say, "Yes, I have lasting, authentic friendships." Yeah, not even just like a pastime using social media; like literally, like a lifeline. Mm-hmm. Like that's <laughs> what it's become in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I have heard young adults
1: tell me that their closest friends are available to them through gaming. Hmm. You know, if if these are these are people that I connect with and we're chatting with each other which usually probably means ribbing one another or oh, giving yeah. each other a bunch of grief as we're slaughtering each other on whatever game we're playing. Right, right. Uh, it, they have told me that that is their principal social group. Right. And I thought, mm. oh, well, no wonder you're not inter- interested in letting yourself be discovered and known and loved by the true God who is invisible from our perspective, mm-hmm. but still very real.
0: I've definitely shared this before, that just like that Thomistic idea Mystic Saint. Thomas Aquinas, like God gives according to the mode of the receiver, mm-hmm. and I've been thinking about that a lot recently, talking to some of the my own students about this with the idea of like, yeah, God's constantly pouring his like ocean of mercy and love into our life, but yeah, if our heart really is like the size of a thimble, and that's where our like cooperation comes in. It's like how much have we been stretched to receive, how open are we to receive? It's like, yeah, God'll give us the thimble sized um experience of him but if like if we avail ourselves to his presence and i think that's a perfect example where it's like if we don't really have much relationality happening in our life how would the relationality of prayer really have anywhere to work um yeah absolutely so
1: i think it's important for some of our listeners if they're really struggling with their faith if they're wondering well why can't i have like this god experience that everybody else has um please remember that um God wants to speak to each one of you individually. He calls you by name and he's got a specific journey that he wants for you individually. And he's not necessarily going to zap you with the same grace that he gave to Susie down the street, right? Mm -hmm. Because as you go through the ups and downs of life, as you grieve a loved one in death, as you celebrate the birth of a, of a loved one with new life, Mm -hmm. um, as you experience the beauty of creation, as you dive into scripture, as you just listen to the testimony of other believers, as you think through some, just some of the rational arguments for God's existence and as you think through your own desires and aspirations on what you want saved in yourself and redeemed in yourself and how you want this broken, messy world also saved and redeemed, mm-hmm. as you think through all of that, just recognize that your journey is going to be unique mm-hmm. and that you, you do not need to kind of compare yourself to somebody else who has suddenly you know had this great experience with a living God. And so not comparing yourself uh, is very important, but I would encourage our listeners who are struggling in their faith to keep going. Relationships take time. You know, your BFF didn't become so just like on day one, mm, right? Yeah. You know, the person that you want to propose to in matrimony, you know, you didn't get to the point of engagement on day one. Mm-hmm. There, there's, a, there's a gift of self, and there's, there's, a, there's a revelation of persons and a sharing of our lives together. This takes time. Mm-hmm. And, and I just meet so many young people who I think quickly give up because they just haven't invested
0: in the relationship. Yeah. Well, I was just talking to doing this really fun thing at the school, at the K-12 school, uh, with the little ones who haven't been able to fit into the church for mass, like the TK through first grade. through mm-hmm. so this really cool kind of like working our way up to a liturgy of the word service. But I've been breaking down some like really fundamental parts about being in church, mm-hmm. the signs and symbols we use. But I spent a little while talking about why we're quiet in church, I think everybody who's been in any kind of Christian church has been told to be quiet in church at some point in their life, Mm -hmm. but we don't always know why. And it was cool to break it open for the kids. We're quiet so we can hear God, but we hear God through lots of different ways. Sometimes people expect the only way we hear God would be like a locution, like I'm hearing with my ears Mm -hmm. as I'm hearing you speak to me. Um, But I was trying to explain to these little ones like, no, we, we hear and experience God through the beauty of this church. We hear and experience God through the just the silence of His kind of stirring in our desires and our heart. We hear God through the Scripture proclaimed or read. Um, we hear kind of experience God through like the all the other uh, senses of the liturgy, right? Like the holy water on your fingers, the smell of incense, the taste of the Eucharist, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just realizing like if we don't have the the space in our life to receive God. Mm-hmm. He, we're not going to get it. I, I find myself doing that. It's like if I'm trying to pray a holy hour, trying to pray, and I'm extremely distracted, it's really easy to look. It's like, well, if I've just been on my phone doing all this stuff, listening to podcasts, running around, and then I move right into prayer, my heart's not at a place of sort of receptivity or, or silence to mm-hmm. really receive that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I asked myself that, challenge myself that, but also those struggling with this idea of faith. It's like, well, how much space has been given in your life, in your heart, in your day, to receiving God? Is mm-hmm. it kind of like, I've never experienced God, therefore it's not going to happen? Uh, okay, that's like saying, I've never had a best friend, therefore it, it can never happen. It's like, well, it takes time, but it also takes those those moments. Like, you know, in your friendships or in relationships, it, it happens over time spent together, Right. Um, which for us as Catholics, praise God, it's like time spent in the beauty of the liturgy and like the common liturgy. Prayer together and mm-hmm. and uh, Getting violent in here. get a little excited with the water bottle over there. Um, Careful in the studio, so ti- time spent, <laughs> Time spent in community and time spent personally. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's just the, sometimes people even have great experiences on like a Steubenville youth conference. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this isolated moment of great experience, but then there hasn't been any other sort of time or space offered for God to work. right.
1: And, and you have, in, in offering yourself to that time to present yourself before the Lord and to receive him, you have to be disciplined, right? Oh, yeah. You know, you're still not that disciplined. You kind of have to be disciplined. I mean, but this is, this comes with all friendships, all relationships. You have to be disciplined to invest in these things. It just doesn't happen. You know, like I want everything to come to me. I want everyone to come to my house and invite me to all their parties and pick me up and take me to this and that. You have to be disciplined to invest in these things.
0: In the investment too, I think we see all the time today of invested even when something else comes about, right? Mm -hmm. That's like that whole idea of millennials not wanting to commit because there might be some other better option that might present itself. It's like, well, I might be there Friday night. Keep your doors open. Unless something better comes. Right, right. So people are really (laughs) flaky like that, but
1: you mentioned Steubenville conferences. I think it was about four or five years ago I was coming home from a Steubenville conference, Steubenville Mid-America, hosted by the Archdiocese of St. Louis a in Springfield. second
0: St. Louis shout-out. What's up?
1: Yes. Um, they always do a great job at Missouri State's campus. Anyways, I was on the bus coming home with a big group from Steubenville, and we were kind of pra- passing the microphone around the bus, doing a sharing of graces, and uh, everyone was just having a, on a high. Everyone had a blast. And I took the microphone and I said, wasn't this great? Yeah, Father Shane. <laughs> everyone want to go, go back again? Yeah, let's go next weekend. And I said, so if you could go to a Steubenville conference every weekend, like if that was your experience of mass, would you go every weekend? Absolutely. And I said, I do not want to go back to another Steubenville conference. And it just it just killed the mood. Yeah, the whole, You could have heard a pin drop in the whole bus. And I said, friends, you don't get into heaven. There's no blue ribbon waiting for you because you went to 37 Steubenville conferences. Exactly. Right. You know. Yes, I'm glad you had a blast. I had a blast. Wonderful speakers, great liturgies. It was inspiring to be with 5,000 teens in that basketball a arena. Stinky, but well, you know, <laughs> speed stick for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was. It was a ins- great weekend, inspiring in many ways. But you don't get into heaven. Because you just go to more Steubenville conferences or seek or take yeah. your pick. Uh, the quest for heaven to be in a relationship with the triune God is a is a personally invested relationship with your Savior and your Creator. That happens in the daily grind. Right. Yeah. In the ups and downs of daily life. So while Steubenville conferences are great and they equip you, they're doing so to equip you for the daily grind, to go back into the ups and downs of daily life and invest in this relationship. Right. Um, because I don't, I don't think, you know, if God said you need to go to Steubenville Conference every single weekend and you need to just have these spiritual highs or go on a retreat or whatever, just constantly go from spiritual high to spiritual high to spiritual right. high, is that really embracing the cross as our mm-hmm. Savior told us to? Is that really walking the road of Calvary with him? Is that really showing a witness of love to so many in the world who desperately need a Christian example of love,
0: right? I I just think briefly about um, like the monks that formed me at Conception uh, Seminary College, where I went. Some of these guys they never had some Steubenville experience. They grew up like five miles away from the monastery, mm-hmm. were attracted to this like life of prayer and simplicity, and then just showed up, did a postulancy, novitiate, and then have been monks for forty years. And it worked. And it worked because it's there's there's a certain level of discipline and openness there. Mm-hmm. There's an openness of a simple life of farming in rural Missouri, and then there's an openness of like legitimately asking God what he's calling you to, right? And then showing up every morning and reading the scriptures and being open to him speaking through all these different all these different ways. Right. Yeah. Well, those are good points. Mm-hmm. So, for all of
1: our listeners out there, you know, if you're struggling with faith, if you feel like, "Gee, I don't even know if I'm a believer." I don't know if I can get in line with other generations of my family who have believed all this. I get confused with the church and with the Bible. How do I make sense of all this? Keep going. Mm-hmm. Do not quickly declare that you're an agnostic, <laughs> that God somehow cannot be known or that he doesn't care about your human life. Keep going. Discipline yourself to invest in a life of prayer. Discipline yourself to be put putting yourself in sacred spaces, uh, encountering also sacred scripture being with people who do know the Lord and who can invite you into that relationship as a mentor. Keep going. Um, yeah. Keep praying for all those folks. You Absolutely.
0: Know well said. Thank you, Father. Thanks it's good to Chad. be with you.
1: Thanks, everybody. Let's keep each other in prayer, and God bless.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.